0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, I am Brady Fulham, the host of this podcast. podcast is It's Time to Learn, and all of y'all, I don't know where you are in your house, I don't know if it's time for bed or it's time to wake up, but today you're going to be listening to It's Time to Learn on the podcast. First of all, I'd like to thank you so much for clicking this episode. So It's Time to Learn, I wanted to make this, I wouldn't say I'm an absolute genius, but I do well, and I enjoy education. I enjoy teaching it. Um, I enjoy sharing what I learn. And I know this is going to be used more or less as people who need to study for their next test. But I also want it to be for people who just want to learn something once a week, something new, to tell their family because they're now smart. Um, I just wanted to go over a list of subjects. That we're gonna be focusing on Um, it's mostly geography history and literature Uh, so geography and history and um, every once in a while we'll pop in on literature Um, maybe math Um, uh, we can also go over the history really the history of anything Music, but I'm, I'm mostly going to start off with the history of a certain few, you know, some countries. You'll you'll, f- you'll figure out the subject every week when you click on, um, but I'm not going to go into opinion. I'm going to give you straight facts, and the reason is because if you know the Brady Fulham show on Spotify and Apple Music is a politi- uh, political... Podcast. I also have a sports podcast, so nothing about sports or politics unless it's the history of those things. All right, so the history of sports and politics we can go over. Math we can do, literature. Science would be a fun thing to do. History, geography, literature. And um, the history of politics, everything like that. It's mostly going to be focused on... Um, math, science, geography, history, and literature. And, um, yeah, that is really it. And we're going to do a history lesson today, and I hope you learned something new today. We're going to be talking about Afghanistan. The reason I did this is because I wanted to talk about countries. um, I, Because... I, I personally wanted to, I, I love everything about history, world history, geography, and I kind of wanted to talk to you one-on-one about Afghanistan. Um, the first couple episodes, they're going to be about countries and the history of the countries, which is also kind of geography. And I decided to start with Afghanistan. I'm going in alphabetical order. Which means if you go on the Office of Historian History.state.gov, why is it not there anymore? Here it is. You'll see that Albania, Algeria, Endura, some places that you definitely have never heard of. We're gonna go over. So I wanted to go over maybe ten countries and then we can transition. Um, but I also have some homework. I'm like, what? This is supposed to be enjoyable. We're supposed to learn stuff. I, I wanted to give you, you, you some, some homework. A brainstorm. Um, eh, it's basically teaching, but I'm just trying to make it more enjoyable. And you'll understand your homework. The homework will always be on the subject uh, that we're learning on. Um, and when it comes to literature... It's mostly going to be books and poetry and everybody who um, I'm going to tell you, hey, read this chapter and then we'll discuss it on the podcast. So some of these are going to be really long. Some of these are just going to be me discussing a chapter or two and the book that we're supposed to read that week. And then math is just going to be lessons, science, uh, history, but history and geography, those are my two faves, but... Anyway, I don't want to bore y'all. You understand I'm basically your teacher, but hopefully a little more interesting. Um, just some straight facts. Nothing to write down unless you want to. Um, anyway, let's begin. Um, the land that is now Afghanistan has a long history of domination by foreign conquerors and strife among inter- eternally warring factions. At the gateway between Asia and Europe, this land was conquered by Darius I of Babylonia circa 500 BC and Alexander the Great of Macedonia in 329 BC, among others. Muhammad of Ghazni, an 11th century conqueror who created an empire from Iran to India, is considered the greatest of Afghanistan's conquerors. It's good to know you have a list of your conquerors. Genghis Khan took over the territory in the 13th century, but it was until the 1700s that the area was united as a single country. By 1870, after the area had been invaded by various Arab conquerors, Islam had taken root. During the 19th century, Britain, looking to protect its Indian Empire from Russia, attempted to annex Afghanistan, resulting in a series of British and Afghan wars. From 1838 to 42, to 1878 to 1880, and from 19 to 1921. So Afghanistan is technically not an independent country at this point. And Islam is a very, very important part of what we're going to be talking about. And we're just going to start from 1921 and move our way up to all the way to the 2010s. complete timeline and if you really listen and you really try to understand this is not a fun time Afghanistan I've I feel bad I've read this I've translated it here we go 1921 the British bellager in the wake of World War one I sometimes I can't speak by the way are defeated in the third British Afghan war in 1919 and 1921, and Afghanistan becomes an independent nation. Concerned that Afghanistan has fallen behind the rest of the world, Amir Amalullah Khan begins a rigorous campaign of socionomic reform. 1926 Amalullah declares Afghanistan a monarchy rather than an emirate and proclaims himself king he launches a series of modernization plans and attempts to limit the power of the Loya, Jirga, and the National Council critics, frustrated by Amalula's politics, take up arms in 1928, and by 1929, the king abdicates and leaves the country. That lasted three years. In 1933, Zahir Zahir Shah becomes king. The new king brings a semblance, of stability to the country and he rules for the next 40 years so he rules from 1933 to 1973 a lot happens between these times uh, in 1934 the United States formally recognizes Afghanistan In 1947, Britain withdraws from India, creating the predominantly Hindu but secular state of India and the Islamic State of Pakistan. The nation of Pakistan includes a long, largely uncontrollable border with Afghanistan. In 1953, the pro-Soviet general Muhammad Daud Khan, uh, cousin of the king, becomes prime minister and looks to the communist nation for economic and military assistance. He also introduces a number of social reforms, including allowing women a more public presence. So in 1953, Prime Minister Mohammed Daoud Khan is making Afghanistan pretty free. The beginning of Afghanistan, the first 40 years, are pretty good. Soviet Premier Nikita, uh, Nikita Khrushchev agrees to help Afghanistan and the two countries become close allies. Keep the Soviets in, in mind, by the way. As part of Dowd's reforms, women are allowed to attend university and enter the workforce in 1957. Big stuff. In 1965, the Afghan Communist Party secretly forms. The group's principal leaders are Barak Karmal and Nur Muhammad Taraki. This changes Afghanistan completely. In 1973... Khan overthrows the last king, Mohammad Zahir Shah, in a military coup. Khan's regime, the People's Democratic Party of Afghanistan, comes to power. Khan abolishes the monarchy and names himself president. The Republic of Afghanistan is established with firm ties to the USSR. Khan proposes a new constitution that grants women rights and works to modernize the largely communist state. He also cracks down on opponents, forcely, forcing main, many suspected of not supporting Khan out of the government. That was nineteen seventy five to nineteen seventy seven. Nineteen seventy eight, Khan is killed in a communist coup. Nur Muhammad Taraki, one of the founding members of the Afghan Afghan Communist Party, takes control of the country as president, and Babrak Karmal is named deputy prime minister. They proclaim independence from Soviet influence and declare their policies to be based on Islamic principles, Afghan nationalism, and socioeconomic justice. Taraki signs a friendship treaty with the Soviet Union, but a rivalry between Taraki and Havizullah Amin, another influential communist leader, leads to fighting between the two sides. At the same time, conservative Islamic and ethnic leaders who objected to social changes introduced by Khan, began an armed revolt in the countryside. In June, the guerrilla movement, Mahadeen, is created to battle the Soviet-backed governments. Now, Soviets getting in the mix. Um, this is no fun. 1979, American ambassador Adolf Dubs is killed. The United States cuts off assistance to Afghanistan, a power struggle between Taraki and Deputy Prime Minister Hazafuza Amin begins. Taraki is killed on September 14th in a confrontation with Amin supporters. The USSR invades Afghanistan on December 24th to bolster the faltering communist regime. On December 27th, Amin and many of his followers are executed. This is the same year, by the way. On um, Deputy Prime Minister Barbara Carmel becomes Prime Minister. Widespread opposition to Karmal and Soviet spawns violent public demonstrations by early 1980 the Mahideen rebels have united against Soviet invaders and the USSR backed Afghan army 1982 some 2.8 million Afghans have fled from the war to Pakistan and another 1.5 million have fled to Iran Afghan guerrillas gain control of rural areas and Soviet troops hold urban areas I'd just like to stop right there, because we're getting into 1984 quickly. Um, It might make more sense to just go into Pakistan after this. Kind of explain that. But some of these countries are going to have a way longer history. Um, For instance, Norway. um, For instance, England. All these countries have been around for hundreds of years. This is a semi-newer country. Independent for about 100 years. So... We're going to have maybe not two-parters, but longer pods. 1984, although he claims to have traveled to Afghanistan immediately after the Soviet invasion, Saudi Islamist Osama bin Laden takes makes his first documented trip to Afghanistan to aid anti-Soviet fighters. The United Nations investigates reported human rights violations in Afghanistan. So, 1984, this is where... I mean, hell's been breaking loose for a little while now, but this is where... Really, everything bad starts happening. In 1986, the Mujahideen are receiving arms from the United States, Britain, and China via Pakistan. In 1988, in September, Osama bin Laden and 15 other Islamists formed the group Al-Qaeda, or the base, to continue the Jihad, or Holy War, against the Soviets and other who they say opposed the goal of a pure nation governed by Islam, with their belief that the Soviets' faltering war in Afghanistan was directly attributed to their fighting. They claimed victory in their first battle, but also began to shift their focus to America, saying the remaining superpower is the main obstacle to the establishment of a state based on Islam. Yeah. So it's clearly a corrupt nation at this point. 1989, the United States, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and the Soviet Union signed peace accords in Geneva, guaranteeing Afghan independence and the withdrawal of 100,000 Soviet troops. Following Soviet withdrawal... The Mohadeen continued their resistance against the Soviet-blocked regime of Communist President Dr. Mohammed Nahuboda, who had been elected president of the puppet Soviet state in 1986. Afghan guerrillas named um, Muhadi as head of the exile government. So now we're moving into the 90s. Soviet pulled their troops. Everyone signed a peace treaty. It's looking interesting. 1992. The Mujahideen and other rebel tr- groups, with the aid of turncoat government troops, storm the capital, Kabul, and oust Nahabullah from power. Ahmad Sa Massoud, legendary guerrilla leader, leads the troops into the capital. The United Nations offers protection to Nahabullah. The Mujahideen, a group already beginning to fracture as warlords, fight over the future of Afghanistan. Form a largely Islamic state with Professor Buhardin Rabani as president. At 95, newly formed Islamic militia, the Taliban, rises to power. On promises of peace, most Afghans, exhausted by years of drought, famine, and war, approve of the Taliban for upholding traditional Islamic values. The Taliban outlaw cultivation of poppies for the opium trade, crack down on crime, and curtail the education and employment of women. Women are required to be fully veiled and are not allowed outside alone. Islamic law is enforced via public executions and amputations. The United States refuses to recognize the authority of the Taliban. So, some mistakes, but the United States, for some reason, after you know the 70s and the 80s, they just get involved with the Taliban by aiding the Taliban, or not the Taliban, uh, Afghanistan by keeping e- eating them. And then of course what happened? It was just a mess. The United States pulled out. Continuing drought devastates farmers and makes many rural areas uninhabitable. More than 1 million Afghans flee to neighboring Pakistan where they languish in squalid refugee camps. 1995-1999. So this is g- going to Pakistan. Millions of people in the last... Couple decades have just fled to Pakistan, and um, which is obviously you know to get the fuck aw- oh god, I just okay to get the heck away from all of these people. I apologize for swearing, by the way, it's split out, no swearing, family friendly content, promise you. In 1997, the Taliban publicly executes Nahabula ethnic groups in the north under Massoud's Northern Alliance and the south, aided in part of Hamid Karzai, continue to battle the Taliban for control of the country. So basically the Taliban and the actual, what is actually happening with the government and everything, they're fighting for power. Imagine what's going on in people's heads at this point. 1998. Following Al Qaeda's bombings of two American embassies in Africa, President Clinton orders cruise missile attacks against bin Laden's training camps in Afghanistan. The attacks miss the Saudi and other leaders of the terrorist groups. So now America's really getting involved here. This is just three years prior to what we now know as the beginning of the end with America and Afghanistan's stand. 2000. By now considered an international terrorist, bin Laden is widely believed to be hiding in Afghanistan, where he is cultivating thousands of followers in terrorist training camps. The United States demand that bin Laden be extradited to stand trial for the embassy bombings. The Taliban declined to extradite him. The United Nations punish Afghanistan with sanctions restricting trade and economic development. In March 2001, ignoring international protests, the Taliban carry out their threat to destroy Buddhist statues in Baiman, Afghanistan, saying they are an affront to Islam. September 4, 2001, a month after arresting them, the Taliban put eight international aid workers on trial for spreading Christianity under Taliban rule. Proselytizing is punishable by death. The group is held in various Afghan prisons for months and finally released on November 15th. September 9th, 2001, Masood, still head of the Northern Alliance and the nation's top insurgent, is killed by assassins posing as journalists. September 11th, 2001, hijackers commandeer 4 commercial planes and crash them into the World Trade Centers in New York the Pentagon, and a Pennsylvania field, killing thousands of people. Days later, United States officials say bin Laden, the Saudi exile believed to be hiding in Afghanistan, is the prime suspect in the attack. October 7, 2001. Following unanswered demands by the Taliban, turnover bin Laden, U.S. and British forces launched airstrikes against targets in Afghanistan, American warplanes start to bomb Taliban targets and bases reportedly belong to Al-Qaeda network. The Taliban pr- proclaim they are ready for jihad. After weeks of intense fighting, the Taliban troops, the Northern Alliance, enters Kabul. The retreating Taliban flee southward toward Kandahar. So now the Taliban is just leaving. It's December 7, 2001, Taliban fighters abandon their final stronghold in Kandahar as the militia groups Hold on, Afghanistan continues to disintegrate. Disintegrate. Two days later, Taliban leaders surrender the group's final Afghan territory, the province of Zabul. The move leads the Pakistan-based Afghan Islamic press to declare the rule of the Taliban in Afghanistan has totally ended. December 22, 2001, Hamid Karzai, a royalist and ethnic Pashtun, is sworn in as the leader of the interim government in Afghanistan. Karzai entered Afghanistan after living in exile for years in neighboring Pakistan at the United Nations-sponsored conference to determine an interim government. Karzai already has the support of the United States, and by the end of the conference is elected leader of the six-month government. 2002, in June, the Joya Jirga, or Grand Council, elects United States-backed Hamid Karzai as interim leader. Karzai chooses the member of his government who will serve until 2004 when the government is required to organize elections. 2003, amid increased violence, NATO takes over security in Kabul in August. The effort is the security organization's first ever commitment outside of Europe. So basically, the Taliban are out. People are trying to live again. They're trying to reset their government. Everything. <sighs> Afghanistan has some highlights in the 2000s as well, for the people at least. The lawyer Jirga adopts a new constitution following input from nearly 500,000 Afghans, some of whom participate in public meetings in villages. The new constitution calls for a president and two vice presidents, but the office of prime minister is removed at the last minute. The official languages, according to the Constitution, are Pashto and Dari. Also, the new Constitution calls for equality of women. This is in January 2004, October of 2004. Presidential elections are held. More than 10.5 million Afghans register to vote and choose among 18 presidential candidates, including interim leader Khazar. Khazar is elected with 55% of the vote. So they're holding elections. Things are looking good for Afghanistan. 2005, the nation holds its first parliamentary elections in more than 30 years. The peaceful vote leads to the parliament's first meeting in December. In 2006, amid continuing fighting between Taliban, now Qaeda fighters, and the Afghan government forces, NATO expands its peacekeeping operation to the southern portion of the country after the forces take over from America-led troops. Taliban fighters launch a bloody wave of suicide attacks and raids against the international troops. 2007 Afghan government and NATO confirmed the Taliban commander mullah Dohula was killed the was killed during a United States-led operation in South Afghanistan in 2008 the international community pledges more than 15 billion in aid to Afghanistan at a donors conference in Paris while Afghan president Ahmed, Karzai promises to fight corruption in the government. 2009, President Barack Obama names Richard Holtbrook as a special envoy to Afghanistan and Pakistan. Mr. Obama announces a new strategy for the Afghanistan war that would dispatch more military and civilian, tra- civilian trainers to the country, in addition to 17,000 more combat trips he previously ordered. The strategy also includes assistance to Pakistan, and its fight against milit- uh, militias, militants president barack obama in 2010 accepts general stanley McChrystal's resignation as the top commander in afghanistan over critical comments he made in the rolling stone article and nominates general david petrus head of the united states central command as his replacement 2011 United States forces overtake a compound in Abu Dhabi, Pakistan, and kill al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden on May 2nd local time. 2012, President Hamid Karzai calls for American forces to leave Afghan villages and pull back their bases after United States soldiers killed 16 Afghan civilians inside their homes. The Afghan army takes over all military and security operations from NATO forces in 2013 and 2014. Af- uh, <sighs> Ashraf Ghani becomes president of Afghanistan in September after two rounds of voting, claims the of election fraud and power sharing agreement with main rival Abdullah Abdullah. In December, NATO officially ends its combat mission in Afghanistan. U.S.-led NATO troops remain to train and advise Afghan forces. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the timeline. Now, of course, there's still more going on in the last six years. Um... Afghanistan is still in trouble. Uh, We're going to take a short break here, and then we're going to get back into statistics for Afghanistan to review the country overall as a country. And um, let's continue uh, right after that. Hope you enjoyed the first segment. All right, I'm going to give you some statistics on Afghanistan, and then we're going to rate the country out of 10, just overall the history and how it's technically... Going along, let's go into population right now. There's around 38.9 uh, million people in Afghanistan. Uh, there's still millions of people from Afghanistan living in Pakistan and Iran. Um, I'd like to go, that's actually a lot of people, but the fertility rate skyrocketed. If we look here into population per capita here in cities. The largest town in Afghanistan by far is Kabul. It's the capital of Afghanistan. Um, They have 10 cities. Um, I guess this is just ranked by 10, but you get the point. Um, They have a 42% rate of people 1 to 14 years old with a 55% rate of 15 to 64% old. Uh, 15 to 64 years old. 65 years and over 2.4%. That's insane. In 1979, the population was reported to be about 15.5 million. So it's grown about 2.32%. Country comparison to the world, 32... or 39. Um... Sex ratio... Uh... Males... are 1.05 to females. Um... And they are... There's more males than females. If we look at... The death ratio... in Afghanistan... Um... The death ratio has gone up and down throughout the years. Um, there's been a lot of death. And 1950 to 1955, there were not 295,000 deaths per year. Their peak, the most amount of deaths they've ever had per year, was from 1970 to 75, with 313,000 deaths a year. A lot of deaths, especially when you don't have that many people living. There's a big fertility right here. Uh, life expectancy is very interesting, and we're going to be able to compare this to a lot of other countries. The life expectancy in 1950 to 1955 was 28 years old. That has gradually gone up to just 62 years old. The last five years. That's, I mean, 62 is not good. Um, Some of the biggest um, high risk diseases there uh, you got waterborne diseases, bacterial and protozoid, diarrhea, hepatitis A, and typhoid fever. Uh, Malaria and rabies is also big there. A lot of different ethnicities here. Um, and I want to talk about, you know, we talked about languages. If we look at the religion, it is 99.7% Islam and 0.3% um, other re- uh, religions, including Shia Islam and Islamism. They also have Hinduism and Buddhism. I don't think anyone does that anymore, but... Anyway, that is really the general history of Islam, or Afghanistan, excuse me. And if we take a look, there's been some ups, there's been a lot of downs in Afghanistan's culture, but it's still a developing society in a very tough, tough uh, continent to develop in. uh, Africa is made up of mostly third world World countries and Afghanistan is certainly not a first world country. Afghanistan out of 10, and this has nothing to do with the people, this is solely due to how your country has performed throughout your existence. I gotta give it a two. The reason it's not a one, um, the reason it's not a three, Afghanistan said far more lows than it has highs. I believe that it can maintain. Um, a better rate. It's slowly getting better. Very, very slowly. But Afghanistan has some hope. And if you live in Afghanistan, God bless your soul. Um, Afghanistan's a rough place to live, but there are worse places. There are definitely worse places. Afghanistan is just not a great place to be at the moment. And that right there will probably conclude our podcast. We are going to be giving you our homework, of course, my favorite part. Uh, your homework for tonight is to look up the country's flag of Afghanistan as well as the shape and geography of Afghanistan. Because it's interesting. Just do that. Also, I want you to take a minute to just think... On everything we learned today about Afghanistan would you be able to survive what these people did it's a rough time down there in Afghanistan also what was the low point the lowest point so those are your things for homework just have fun with it if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it uh, the next country we are going to be studying is Pakistan Um, so maybe you should get on Pakistan. That's another African country. So maybe hop on that. All right. I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, and yeah, that is, uh, that's it. Have a good one. See y'all later.